When you think that employee turnover can cost up to 300% of your annual wage for every employee that you lose and have to replace, and if you choose the wrong people in the wrong positions, doing the wrong things, the damage to your effectiveness, to your business, and to your reputation can be long-lasting and fraught with countless other consequences. But what do you need to know to interview effectively? And that's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business so you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode of Experienced Leadership. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I am your host, service expert, and master of experiences, Mark Hain. It is so nice to have you here. I hope that you get a lot out of today's broadcast. You know, I love bringing you content like this, so if it works for you, feel free to leave me a review wherever you're consuming this content. When I first started doing interviews, I thought I had it down pat. I had my 22-page list of questions that started with, tell me about yourself, to why do you think you're a good fit for this job, to if you had a choice, would you be a tiger or an elephant? I've never really known the relevance of that question, and honestly, all I was doing was filling out a form and then choosing the person that I liked the best. Honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. So I'd love to know from you our question of the day. So I would like you to rank yourself from one to five. One being, I am so brand new to interviewing that I am more nervous than the candidate I'm interviewing. And five is, I should be on your show to lend some insights on this topic because I am that good at interviewing. Rate yourself as to how comfortable you are conducting job interviews for your company. And if you're brave enough, go ahead and post this episode on your social media feed along with your self-rating and the hashtag experience leadership. You know, when done well, the interview process can be a meaningful exercise to get you the exact person you need for your company and obviously into the job that they are really well suited for. It's important to realize that you are bringing a stranger, an unknown into your business. Choose well and all the puzzle pieces come together. The person becomes a part of your culture, a part of the fabric of who you are and of who your business is. Choose wrong, and you spend an inordinate amount of time problem-solving, correcting, and putting out fires. And if you choose really, really badly, you end up with a cancer on your team. A person that can disrupt your business, destroy relationships, and affect your brand's reputation. So, interviewing is uh, no sweat, right? Okay, you are responsible for interviewing candidates for a job opening that you have. Before getting into the actual steps, we need to set some ground rules about interviewing. So I'd like to start with that first. 
I have a set of bunch of rules that I think is really important that makes you more effective if you can follow them. Rule number one, make your candidates feel comfortable. Now, I've challenged this with many leaders. You know what? If I make the candidate feel uncomfortable, I can see how they handle themselves under pressure. And it's like, you know, this idea of bringing candidates in and then making them feel uncomfortable, like asking them, would you like to be an elephant or a tiger? That is purely there to make people feel nervous. I honestly feel, unless you're a psychology major, that you can then interpret kind of what they choose and the rationale behind it, it's not going to serve you very well. And keep in mind that you're bringing people into a nervous situation where their lizard brain will take over. Their lizard brain creates that fight or flight experience. And so people's logical thought tends to get put aside for the more emotional thoughts. So to get the best out of your candidate in front of you, don't play those games. Definitely don't power trip. You know, I've had it where a manager would schedule a nine o'clock appointment for a candidate, and then they would let the candidate sit in the room for 20 minutes alone. And then when the manager was then ready, he would come in at 9.20, sit down and start the interview. Well, meanwhile, the candidate gets so wound up, so frustrated by having to wait those 20 minutes, not knowing if he should be doing something or if he should be acting in a certain way, and you create this huge tension. To what end? To prove that you're the boss and he's not? I think it's really important that we stop playing those games and we start treating the candidate like the person we're going to be inviting into our culture. Rule number two, this is a conversation, not an interrogation. (laughs) Your job is to find out who the authentic person is. That's your goal. This is who you want to bring in. When you're building teams together, you want to be able to create and match people up. So you need to find out who this authentic person is. So rule number three, Let them do the talking. (laughs) I remember I had one job interview and I sat down in front of the interviewer and the interviewer started telling me everything that was important to them. They started saying things like, you know, honesty and integrity are really important to me. And, you know, we've had people who were dishonest. We've had people who had no integrity. So for you, Mr. Hain, are you a person with integrity and honesty? And it's like, yeah. And then he goes on to another story. And he starts basically giving me an orientation while he's interviewing me. You know, if I said 15 words the whole interview, that's all I said. And then he looked at me afterwards and said, thank you very much, Mr. Hain. This was a great interview. And then I found out six months after they had hired me, I found out that he had talked to the HR manager and said that I was the best interviewing candidate he had ever had. And all I did was keep my mouth shut as he was talking. So there, we have this thing, this biasness towards people who agree with us. And so the more you talk, the more you create that bias for yourself that this person is reflecting who you are. And of course, we like ourselves. We like people who are like us. And people like us do the things that people like us do. It's important that when you're doing the interview, that you don't talk over the silence. I have way too many times where I've seen people doing their interviews and they'll ask a question and there's a silence and then they'll continue to talk. This is the point where you ask the question and then you give the candidate 
the time to formulate an answer. And keep in mind, we're hiring different people for different roles, so some people will need more time to formulate an answer. Give them that space. Again, what is our objective? To make absolutely sure we get the right people for the right job in the right position. Rule number four, come into the conversation prepared. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with a hiring manager who's got a stack of applications and then somebody gets called in and is like, oh yes, you know, Jane is here. And then he flicks through, okay, send her in. He's flicking through all the applications and then he finally pulls out Jane's application. And as Jane is sitting there, he says something like, tell me about yourself. And as she's speaking, all he's doing is looking over her resume. And then he'll use the resume as the prompt. You should already have an idea who this person is who's coming in to see you. Now, I tell people who are being interviewed to make sure that they come into your company ready for their interview prepared. But the onus is also on you as being the interviewer to make absolutely sure that you're prepared for your candidate. This is respectful to your candidate. This shows your candidate that you are a professional. This shows the candidate that you are the kind of employer they would want to work for. And then rule number five, save the company orientation for when you hire the candidate. Uh, Again, you know, there's this big thing of when you get the candidates in front of you, this big need that all of a sudden we have to start selling who our company is, why we're hiring them, and what our expectations are and that sort of thing. It's like, this is the wrong time. This is, again, the first time you're meeting this candidate. That's kind of like going into a pub and seeing a girl for the first time and saying, hey, why don't you marry me? This is the beginning of a relationship. You have not made up in mind yet whether or not this person is going to be hired. This is no time to be giving them the company orientation. It is the perfect opportunity to ask them, do you have any questions about what you're applying for? So don't, you know, please save the company orientation for when you actually decide to hire the candidate. And lastly, number six, remember the time that the candidate spends with you sets the tone for how they view you and your brand. Keep in mind that you're inviting this person to be interviewed by you to see if it's a good fit for your company. But at the same token, they're evaluating whether or not you are a good fit for them. So treat this person with respect, with kindness, and with understanding. Because I know if you're that kind of leader, if you're the kind of audacious leader who interviews correctly, then you are looking for people on the job who you can treat with respect, kindness, and understanding as well. No matter what the outcome is, make this a great experience for the candidate. Give them something to talk about because in spite of the fact that you might not hire them, they can look back at it and say, you know, I I interviewed for this one company. Gosh, I wish I got it. It really felt so great to be interviewed by them. They really seem to be the kind of company I would want to work for. And they will tell people and they will reapply at another time. I hope that these rules are helpful. Stick around to the very end. I will be revealing a surefire way to get that new employee that you need. We'll be right back after this. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy-to-see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. 
Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com. Welcome back. We are talking about effective interviewing techniques and rules and that sort of thing. You know, last Thursday, I spoke with Chelsea, a wonderful business owner in Calgary, who mentioned how difficult it was to interview new employees. She said that even though there are so many resources out there, especially on the internet, it was really hard to decide what questions to ask. So let's just jump back to rule number four for a second, the one that said, be prepared. You know, it's really important that as you go forward into interviewing techniques and finding what questions you should be asking, before you interview your very first candidate, you need to know what you're looking for. You have to have a set of criteria of who you want in the position. You have to almost have kind of like an avatar process. The way that we break out our customers and we define who our customers are, we also have to take a look at the job and define who we want to fill those jobs. Now, if your only criteria is that you are desperate and you only need someone with a pulse, you know, like they come into the room and you go, oh my goodness, they're breathing. Okay, you're hired. I can guarantee you that at some point in the future, you will wish you had more. So what does your hiring criteria look like? Well, at the very basics, you need to have a basic job description. You need to know what job this person is going to be responsible for. You need to know what is required to do the job. Do they need math skills? Do they need the ability to lift heavy objects? Are they doing repetitive tasks? You know, one thing that you can do is you can Google NOC. That's the National Occupational Classification in Canada for the job that you're hiring for. And it's a really good resource because when you type in kind of the job that you're looking for, it gives you a code, but then it also gives you some basic requirements that the government has gone to industry to help them define. And that's a really good starting point. Even if you're in the States, go ahead and Google NOC Canada, National Classification, and you can go ahead and you can get those criteria and you can use those for the basis of your job that you're hiring for. And you can actually then analyze it is, are these points that you need within your business? You need to know the type of personality you need to fit your team and the outcome of the job. So yes, you do have to play a little bit of psychologist in this because you do need to know who works well in certain criteria. You know, you could sit down with your team and you can make a list of traits that would work well. What traits would complement the existing traits that exist on your team? You know, if you have a few people who are, maybe they don't take a lot of initiative. So then you want to complement them with somebody who takes a lot of initiatives. Maybe you need somebody on the team that's a natural leader, even though you might not be hiring a leader. Maybe you're looking for some component of that. You might need somebody who is a checklist person. Because maybe you find that your team is fragmented and you really need some organizational skill behind it. And so you want to kind of find that checklist mentality on there. Whatever it is, it is really great for you to kind of figure out what are the traits that are needed within your team in order to complement your team that you're bringing the person in for. For any job to be done, you have to be able to assess, you know, is it better to be done by an introvert or an extrovert? One of the things that surprised me when I was in the hotel industry, when I first got into the hotel industry, was that we had food and beverage servers, we had banquet servers, and we had housekeepers. And when we had big banquets, we would get all hands on on deck. And so we'd ask the housekeepers to give us a hand with banquets. 
And they were fine with that, but they preferred to be working in the back. They didn't want to be in front of the customers. And so when you start analyzing, you start thinking, you know, what are the different traits that I need for food and beverage servers? I need people who are somewhat outgoing. I need somebody who is good with customer facing. And yet with housekeepers, I need people who can work well on their own, people who are very task-oriented, very good at checking off a list, and they put their heads down and they just get the work done. And so that is a difference between kind of the serving and the housekeeping. And so I know every time I hire a housekeeper, I'm not looking for that high personality, high customer-facing kind of personality. I'm looking more for that more introverted You know, I'm really good with checklists. I'm really good if you tell me what needs to be done and I'll just get her done kind of mentality. In your job that you're hiring for, do you need a go-getter? Somebody who shows a lot of initiative or someone that needs to follow a set process. For the job, will you be tapping into their heart, i.e. passion and purpose, their hands and their minds? Kind of looking for, yes, I have their hearts, I have their hands to do the work and I have I require them to do a lot of thinking on the job, so they need a lot of knowledge. Or do you need a mixture of those? It's important to know that. Do they need to be a natural caregiver? Somebody in food and beverage, for instance, like a server, like I've had teachers, I've had nurses apply for part-time jobs as food and beverage servers, and they do amazing at being food and beverage servers because they're natural caregivers. Do they need to be a leader? Do they need to be good with repetitive tasks? Are they good at creating new systems from scratch? Is that something that you need? Every business, every job, and every corporate culture is different. And so the goal is to get this candidate to fit in to what that is for you. As the leader, it is up to you to define what you are looking for. So we have the rules. We have some criteria. What's the magic bullet to get the employee that you want? And that's coming up right after this. Every day you perform, maybe not on a stage in front of a captive audience, oh, thank you, thank you, but in your business, whether you know it or not, you are performing. Thinking about your business like you have to go out there and put on a perfect show can help create long-lasting success. And you can find out the secrets how in the new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater. Author, speaker, actor, and business coach Mark Hain breaks down how you can craft a solid foundation, rehearse before you ever serve your first customer, and take action to provide an experience worthy of a standing ovation. Mark's experience running casinos, restaurants, and hotels, as well as his time in live theater, has been preparing him to help put the spotlight on your business and give it its time to shine. Order his book, Lights, Camera, Action, today at your favorite online store or directly at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. And welcome back. I hope that you are getting lots of information today. I hope this is of high value to you. And you're starting to rethink a little bit about how you go about interviewing for new employees. You know, having the rules and the criteria we've discussed today is powerful enough. But when that's mixed with our next strategy, it provides amazing clarity. Now, I know as a new leader so many years ago, I would have given anything for this information. I wish I had somebody training this to me. So what's this magic bullet that you need to get the person you need? Well, actually, there are two. My question to you is, how do you find out if the candidate has the criteria that you're looking for? 
One way is to review their cover letter and their resume. Is there anything that sticks out that supports the criteria that you're looking for? The most powerful way is to ask. But Mark, how will I know that they tell me the truth? And here's where it gets really tricky. It can't be a closed question. I was just having this discussion just prior to this broadcast. I was just having this discussion with somebody about the kinds of questions you asked. They said, have you ever had a client or an interviewee that all they did was answer yes, yes, no, yes, no. And I said, honestly, no, I don't, because those aren't the kind of questions I ask. I'm not asking, are you a hard worker? Because what are they going to tell me? Yes. Right? Are you honest? Yes. Have you ever been late for work? No. Right? Nobody's going to tell me anything different. (laughs) So the questions I ask must be behavioral questions. So behavioral questions are completely different question. This is tapping, behavioral questions tap into their experiences. For instance, if I want to find out if somebody's honest, I can ask them, are you an honest person? And what are they going to tell me? Yes, of course I'm an honest person. But if I ask them a question, have you ever had a challenge where your honesty and integrity has been put to the test? And they say, well, yeah, this one time. And right away they go into stories. And then we're able to then question the outcomes of those stories. So if being trustworthy is an important criteria to your business, don't just simply ask, are you honest? You know, other behavior-based questions could be around dealing with conflict. You know, you can ask somebody, hey, do you have a hard time dealing with conflict? They'll look you straight in the eye and in all honesty say no. However, if you ask them, can you tell me a time when you didn't see eye to eye with a coworker? Or can you tell me a time where you ended up in a conflict with a customer? And sometimes they'll turn around and say, no, I've never, I've never been in an argument with a customer ever. Well, then it's up to you to judge on whether or not the person's being honest. Likewise, if you're asking questions about tardiness or any other aspects of a criteria that you need for your business, if you make it a behavior question, and the one way that you can tell if it's a good behavioral question, the question starts with the phrase, can you tell me about a time when... Dot, dot, dot. Can you tell me about a time when dot, dot, dot? If the answer comes really easily to the candidate, I challenge you to answer, and what else? For instance, if I say, can you tell me a time when you found it hard to get to work? Oh, well, yeah, in the middle of wintertime, it was really tough. There were a couple of times when I was late. And what else? And now you're going to force them to think. Now they take whatever phrase or whatever answer that they had rehearsed, and they'll have to dig a little bit deeper. And that's where you'll find that there will be some silence because people are going to be starting going through their filing cabinet of memories and picking out the story that represents what they're trying to say. So remember, don't talk over the silence. Give people the space to think of the stories that they need and that they want to reflect in their answer. By using behavioral questions, you see how your candidate processes information. You see how they internalize the question, and you see them tell a story about what happens in a very specific situation. It's a very powerful way of doing an interview. My final point, and the second of the magic bullets, and this one is a doozy. How would it be if you could get free insights into the candidate? Would that be valuable? If you could actually tap into a resource that would tell you how this candidate behaves, how they work, and so on. Would that be valuable to you? 
I have a sneaking suspicion it would be. One of the most underused tools that people, hiring managers, are not using is reference checks. Doing reference checks. This is free insight. I know some of you are listening to this and saying, oh, but Mark, you know, I've done recent reference checks, but, you know, then people tell me they can't with policies or, or it's just, you know, it takes time because I have to leave a message and then I have to call back and it just takes so much time. But folks, it only costs you time to do reference checks. That's the only cost. And what you get out of it is you get really amazing insight. I'm absolutely blown away by how many employees do not do reference checks. And again, you can use the same questions that you use in the interview. You can ask somebody who's on the reference list, can you tell me about a time where this particular candidate couldn't be on time? Or could you tell me a time where maybe the integrity of the individual was in question? Now, I do know that there are some policies out there and, you know, there's been lawsuits and that sort of thing with people divulging too much information. So some corporate policies will say, thank you very much. I appreciate your call. I can only confirm that they worked here. So if policy dictates that they can't give you references, ask them just one question. Yeah, I understand. Okay, you can't give me references. That's fine. But I just have one question. Could you just tell me if that person reapplied, would you rehire this candidate? And I guarantee you, if they turn around and say, no, that's all the answer you need. Honest to goodness, that's all the answer you need. Because if they wouldn't rehire this candidate, why would you hire them? More times than not, even when the policy says, I'm sorry, all we can do is just confirm their employment, if they were a good employee, you will get a response. I just have one question. Would you rehire? Oh, yeah, you know, that person was absolutely amazing to work here. I was so sorry that they left. Oh, yeah, we would hire them in a shot. And that tells you that this is a person that you think you might want to consider hiring. You know, screening effectively can be the difference between getting the right person doing the right job in the right position or having some incompatibility with you, your culture, or the job at hand. The time and energy invested in the interview process can make all the difference in the world. And as much as you have a hundred other responsibilities in running your business, the last area that you ever want to shortcut is the investment that you make in your people. As you can tell, I love this stuff. This is a real passion point for me of being able to run our business and hire the kind of people that we need to. If you know anyone who could use the training on how to interview properly, training on how to, even if they need counseling on how to put traits together and the criteria together, or if you'd like me to come in and train your managers and supervisors, you could give me a call. At the very least, go ahead and book a complimentary 30-minute brainstorming session with me The link is in the show notes. You can book 30 minutes that work for you. And it's completely complimentary, completely free. This is a discovery call. I'm only interested in how I can serve you and give you, make sure that 30 minutes is of high value to you. As always, I am at your service. It has been my absolute pleasure to bring you this content today. It is a little bit different than what I've typically done on this podcast, but I hope it's of high value to you. I'm so glad you could be here with me today. My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. 
make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or go directly to markhainlive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes. Or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.